Welcome to the Multifamily Five, where industry experts provide raw information about how they are achieving success in the current market conditions. And now, your host, Dallas-based real estate broker, Mark Allen. And welcome to the Multifamily Five. Today, I have Yona Weiss from Madison Specs, a division of Madison Commercial Real Estate Company. Yona, how's it going? Awesome, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, pumped to be talking about cost segregation today. Uh, First learned about it actually before I got into the business full time. Uh, So I have a very high level knowledge. So really looking forward today to our discussion. Awesome. Yeah, let's hope these five questions we're going to get a little deep, I think, today. Right, Mark? Yeah, that's right. So let's start with your intro. Um, I'm not going to introduce you. I want you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Tell us a little bit about your background and your current focus today. Sure. Well, I'm uh, currently working with Madison Specs, which is a national cost segregation firm. Uh, I haven't always been doing that. Uh, I was a student for many years and uh, recently got into real estate investing about three, four years ago doing some fix and flips and currently looking uh, to start into multifamily uh, syndicating uh, for my own personal and uh, working. I worked for a small commercial real estate uh, financing firm in out of New York City uh, doing that originated over 80 million in uh, commercial mortgages in the first year and moved on to get my broker recent real estate broker's license and now working with Madison Specs which is one of the national leaders in cost segregation services uh, we did over 1700 property uh, studies last year in 2017 and and on par to well surpass that this year so we're you know, in the market, anyone who's a real estate investor, whether it be commercial, multifamily, golf courses, you name it, whatever type of property you own, you definitely should be checking out Madison Specs, see if we can help you with your taxes. Great. And you guys are out of New Jersey, correct? So our, our, that's correct. Our uh, headquarters is in New Jersey, but like I said, we're a national company. We have 12 engineers, uh, full-time staff stations in different locations throughout the country so we can access all 50 states that we service. Yeah, great. And I think many of the syndicators and probably listeners too are familiar with Madison. Uh, Like I told you before the call, I've closed the deal with Madison Title, which is your title arm. Um, So you guys are very active in different uh, various portions of the business. So let's get into this. Uh, Let's start with tax reform. Um, which was passed last year, and how that affects cost segregation. So two major ways it affects cost segregation, and we are getting deep. deep. So uh, if you want the introduction, you know, get the background of what cost segregation is, you have to Google that. You can look at my LinkedIn uh, profile to hear some other podcasts which went through the basics, but we're going to get a little deep now. Um, number one difference it made is something called bonus depreciation. Previously, uh, you could only take bonus depreciation, which is a deduction allowed in the first year of ownership of a property. Previously, before the tax reform, it was only allowed for new construction or brand new renovations and only meaning something that was placed in service for the first time ever. 
And that was only allowed up to 50% of the bonus depreciation. That means the amount that you can accelerate of the five-year property or the 15-year property that you could take all in the first year, uh, 50% of that. Now with the new tax reform, you're allowed to take 100% of that accelerated depreciation in the first year. And not only new construction, but also new acquisitions, new purchases placed in service by you for the first time. So this is a huge game changer. Um, it's not just for development companies and not just for construction firms taking you know, deductions. It's for any and every single real estate investor has the opportunity now to capitalize on bonus depreciation. Great. And I guess I was going to ask, are there any the first, down, yeah. downsides to doing a cost seg study? Um, but maybe the better question is, is, is there an investor because, you know, investors have different business plans for different properties. Some may be in and out in under two Absolutely. years. Some may be, you know, that two to five year range, which I think most, most investors are right now in this market. Um, but many are putting long-term debt and may have to refinance out and hold for the long term. So are there any downsides, but also, you know, which, which type of business plan or investor does this make sense? Talking strictly to the multifamily space. Okay. So within the multifamily space, like you said, yeah, a lot of people are doing, you know, from the two to five year or, you know, seven to 10 years, also a pretty major um, strategy, especially like you said, if they're getting longer term financing, those guys are, you know, anything you're holding for more than a year um, or two years, conservation can make sense. Again, it's not for everyone. And this is a very important point. You know, we don't push cost segregation on every single person. Your business plan and your tax liability is, you know, in the end of the day, the main deciding factor. So, but that being said, generally speaking, any property worth over a million bought for more than a million dollars and planning holding for at least a year, you can get some major tax benefits. Now, one other caveat is that if you're a real estate investor and are buying multiple properties, that means not just, you know, you're not just buying this one property and holding that and that's it for the rest of your life. If you're buying multiple properties within the next year, two, three years, conservation is definitely uh, within, should be within your strategy. Because even if you're not going to do it on all of your properties, you can take the depreciation from one property and use that to offset the gains um, from, other, from all your properties, your whole portfolio. Now, so that's, that's the upside. The downside is, um, number one downside would be the recapture, uh, which is when a person sells a property, the depreciation recapture tax, which the IRS doesn't allow you to just have, you know, fun and games with their depreciation, take as many deductions as you want and never pay taxes. If you sell a property, you're going to be hit with a, with a recapture tax unless you do a 1031 exchange. If you do 1031 exchange, no depreciation. You're, you know, you're just deferring your taxes, including the capital gains tax. So including the depreciation recapture. But if you don't do a 1031 exchange, which a lot of syndicators do not do, for the very simple reason is, is that there are a number of people in that, um, you know, in that syndication, in that LLC, and if not everyone is going from property A to property B, it makes things a little bit complicated we have to structure things like a 10 million common and not everyone wants to get, go down that road. So that, um, 
that's the number one downside is you're going to be hit with depreciation recapture. And if you take a lot more upfront, you are going to be hit with, um, you know, more on the sell. However, there are some strategies to go around that. Um, you should consult with your accountant uh, or us, you know, whoever that may be to see what the strategies are around that, whether it be uh, allocating less to personal property, a five-year property on the sale or what have you other strategies. I think the majority of buyers out there, well, at least active buyers in Texas and other markets are syndicators. Um, and that's just how it is right now in this market. And a lot of those syndicators obviously have limited partners or passive investors. Uh, how does, what's, what's the benefit for passive investors with regard to cost segre- segregation or is there any benefit to the passive investors? Um, and, you know, I'm an active I forget what the IRS calls it. I'm not W-2. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a different benefit for uh, those passive investors versus someone that has a W-2 income job. Definitely. Absolutely. You, you hit the nail on the head, Mark, because there is a big difference between a passive investor, a limited partner in a syndication who is, like you said, has like a W-2 job, is a doctor, lawyer, what have you, and just invests passively in real estate with a syndication versus a, uh, someone who's a real estate professional, um, as determined by the IRS, that the difference is, is the amount of passive losses you are allowed to use to offset, um, your income. Okay. So passive losses, which depreciation and accelerated depreciation is a passive loss or passive, uh, passive loss. Yeah. Passive deduction. What it happens is, is you take the depreciation, which um, if you're owning a syndication with a number of investors, each person, according to their percentage of ownership in that LLC, they're going to, it's going to flow through, the depreciation is going to flow through to each investor according to their percentage of ownership. So, you know, let's say you have a $10 million property, right? The basis is going to be, you know, let's say $8 million and it's going to flow through depreciation to everyone um, equally. And, you know, every investor may have, you know, uh, you know, $10,000 of um, income, you know, let's say, but they're going to get only, uh, you know, $10,000 depreciation, right? And that's going to offset their income. So therefore they're not going to be taxed at all on that income. However, once you get into um, accelerated depreciation, you're producing a tremendous amount more of depreciation. So that's creating a benefit for those who are real estate professionals who can use those passive losses if you're getting more loss than income to offset all your income, uh, other income. So if you're making a million dollars brokering deals and, and managing properties and all kinds of things, and you're only making, let's say, you know, $20,000 or $50,000 from property A. So if you do accelerated depreciation, you're going to get a massive chunk of depreciation. Um, you're only allowed a limitation, a limited amount to use to offset your income unless you're a real estate professional. So the answer in short, just to sum up, because I talked a lot, and I, just to sum up that, is that, um, passive investors who are not real estate professionals will still benefit from depreciation, but usually not going to benefit a tremendous amount from the cost segregation, the salary depreciation. That being said, um, usually 
the benefits for the syndicator, for the principal, the general partners in the deal are enough to do it for themselves uh, to get the benefits for on their end, even though everyone else is not going to benefit from it um, because it's not going to hurt them either. So the benefits usually, you know, the cost of the study and the benefits of it usually outweigh uh, not doing it for the general partners. Okay. But for me, since I'm a full-time real estate professional, I get the benefits. It's also going to benefit you. Exactly. It's also going to benefit you when you're going to be an LP on those, uh, on those investments. Exactly. That was a very self-serving question. Anyways, next one. Um, so the most important kind. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the next question is with regard to, okay. Uh, you know, in the BNC space, there's a lot of value add investors, uh, these investors are improving the property, so they're spending money on the property, whether it be interiors or exteriors. Is there anything that they can do to be forward-thinking, um, you know, if they're going to hold the property for the long term to boost those tax savings? For example, maybe they use a certain kind of material um, or add a specific amenity. You know, I'm thinking when I, when I say that, something like uh, put a 15 well, maybe not $15, maybe it costs $100 to do a backsplash in a kitchen on a Class C property. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would assume that they're going to be able to to uh, depreciate that. So is there anything that they can do to be forward-thinking to help boost tax savings in the end? Absolutely. That's an awesome question because a lot of people don't think about the tax savings uh, in depreciation involved in doing renovations, which is overlooked a lot of the time. and it's really an opportunity to double dip, to get double savings in depreciation. And the way it works, well, let, let's do the way it works, and then I'll tell you what the forward thinking would be in terms of the, I guess, reverse engineering, figuring out what types of property, what types of renovations to do um, in order to maximize the accelerated depreciation. So the first thing is, is that when you buy a property, you want to get the engine and you're planning on doing renovations, major renovations. And I say major, you know, I'm talking at least, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars of renovations to get the benefits. You're going to want to get an engineer, a cost segregation engineer in there ASAP. Why? Because once you, they look at the property, they're going to take down all of the tiny details of the property that are going to get accelerated depreciation. You're going to do the study. You're going to get all of that, huge write-offs, uh, tax write-offs for the, for the property when you bought it as is. Now, when you go and do the renovations, you're going to can, you're going to trash, you know, every, you know, whatever you're going to trash, all the appliances, you know, plumbing, all kinds of stuff, flooring, you're going to trash that, you're going to write it off. It's a tax write-off. The stuff that you just disposed of, now you can write the value that remained of that stuff right off from your tax returns. Okay. And that's step two. Step three is you go and do the renovations. You put all new appliances, all new, uh, you know, lighting, all new fixtures, all kinds of stuff like that. You bring an engineer again at the end and they'll come and assess all of the value of that and do Excel depreciation again on all the new stuff. You were talking about triple benefits over here, tax deduction. Now the forward thinking would be, is to get the engineer to help plan what kind of, um, you know, appliances, what kind of fixtures, you know, how am I applying 
the carpeting, for example. And the reason why that is is because it depends, on, according to the IRS, the tax code, how something is affixed defines whether it's five-year property, which can be accelerated depreciation, or whether it's affixed permanently to the structure of the building and depreciates over a 27 and a half year period. So that's a very important factor. A lot of people don't think about, should I, you know, how do I install the stuff? How do I install the fixtures? Should I install them with tax? Should I install it with, you know, permanent glue? Um, and that's really going to be the forward thinking of, is it going to be able to uh, benefit from cost segregation or not? Very good. This may be a dumb question, but would you prefer to have the five-year depreciation on, or a, or a fixed item at twenty-seven and a half? So the the fixed item, you know, that's the whole building structure. That means that you're going to just be depreciating the value of that over twenty-seven and a half years, which means a small deduction every year. For co- what cost variation does is it allows you to take all of that stuff, all the assets in the building that depreciate over five years. And, it, and get all that depreciation in the first five years. So that's, that's really where the magic of conservation comes in. Okay. So if you have the choice to do it or not, I would say um, a lot of times, even if it costs a little bit more to, um, to use that kind of, you know, installment, that kind of fixture, you're going to get the tax benefit, the tax write-offs from it, and it may actually make more sense. Right. I didn't know if you attached carpet, uh, you know, a non-traditional way or something like that, if you could get, if it became part of the actual property and it was depreciated over 27 and a half first five years or something like that. But yeah, it, it does. It depends. And also even tiling, it depends how you install the tiling, if it's free floating or it's uh, you know, permanent fixture. Yeah. And it's my understanding you can actually depreciate screws. That's correct. Yeah. If, I don't know, maybe it's hardy siding or something like that. You're, you're fixing that hardy siding with screws. Um, yeah, lots to learn about cost segregation. Anyways, next question. And, uh, this is one of the final questions. So tell us about your company, Madison Specs. How, how do you differentiate yourself from some of the other competitors in the space? And not only that, maybe that leads you into cost. What's the typical range of cost for a cost seg study as well? Um, so I'll start with the second question first, and then we'll, uh, you know, show the value that we have, which is the cost of every property is non-contingent, meaning we're a third-party assessor, you know, a, a consultant that's coming on, and the IRS does not like there to be a contingency factor, meaning we're going to charge you according to the savings that you're going to get. No way. That's a no-no. So we have a fixed fee based on the time, uh, you know, the scope of work the size of the property, um, the type of property it's going to take. Generally speaking, for multifamily, is the probably easiest um, cost segregation to do. You know, we do all types of commercial properties, retail, shopping malls, industrial, you name it, um, skilled nursing facilities, you know, all, everything. And multifamily is the easiest. Why? Because usually in a multifamily property, you're going to have, you know, one-bedroom units, two-bedroom units, three-bedroom units, four, whatever you have, and they're all pretty much going to be the same. So um, an engineer will actually only have to go into, you know, a couple samples of each kind and then apply those findings to the rest of it. So the, the time involved is a lot less. That being said, we usually charge, you know, anywhere from about four to $6,000 for a full study for a multifamily property, again, depending on size, location, location, 
um, scope of work. Now, what we've added value, besides for being a national company, we have everything in-house. We do not outsource any. We have all of our engineers on full-time staff. We have tax experts, a team of over 55-0 on full-time staff doing these studies. And like I said, we did over 1,700 last year alone, 12,000 properties altogether um, since our inception back in 2006. Um, our CEO was the head of cost segregation at uh, Grant Thornton, LLP, and KPMG, two of the largest tax um, consulting firms in the world, in the country for sure. So we, he took that knowledge and founded a company and brought what we consider to be probably, you know, the best service that's out there. Meaning we're not going to charge you extra fees for, you know, extra little things. If you get challenged by the IRS for any reason and get audited, which consideration will not cause an audit. It's not a red alarm for an audit, but if a person gets audited, you know, they have to show everything. So we stand behind our work hundred percent. We don't charge any extra fees for any extra work that would come in that. And we have a hundred percent, um, no change for any time that our clients have been audited at no extra fee. Um, we'll stand behind everything we do. And like I said, our service really is, is what we, you know, besides for the competitive pricing, our service is really where it's at. Great. Yona, I know we just dipped our toe into this and there may be quite a few other questions that stem off this interview. What's the best way for listeners to reach out to you and get more information? Uh, the best way, you know, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, which is a great platform to meet people. In fact, I think that's where we, where we uh, first connected, mm-hmm. Mark, and um, you can find me over there. You can reach me direct at uh, my number, 732-333-1477 for a free consultation, uh, free, uh, you know, complimentary analysis of any property to see if the numbers make sense to do it or not. And, you know, we're happy just to discuss and see if we can, uh, you know, help you in any way. Great. Well, thanks so much for your time. I think you provided a lot of valuable insight. I know I'll be reaching out to you in the future for my own properties. So thank you for that. And uh, we'll talk with you soon. Thanks, Mark. Keep uh, pumping out the great content, great interviews.